Hey everybody, it's me. Please hit that subscribe button, the like button, that notification bell, or whatever you can do on whatever podcast platform that you are on. Interact with us. Leave comments. Share it with your friends. Share it with your enemies that you might want to be friends with again. They might hate you more. It doesn't matter. Do it anyway. We would appreciate that. And we do appreciate you. Thank you. Now on to the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a very, very special edition. I feel like I say that a lot, but this is a special edition. Special edition. Yep, that's right, it is, because it's always special with us. But this is our wrapping up the year. 2020 wrap up. 2020 wrap up, which sounds like good news to most people. I think to everybody. Well, okay, but let's just think out of the ashes of a terrible thing came a phoenix called the Triple Clowns. We came out of this. Oh we did. We started. I think on the list on the list of things that came out of 2020, like the the worst, you know, COVID's the worst thing, and then triple you know, the no sports was second, and then right about third or fourth is the Triple Crowns. The creation of Triple Crowns. <laughs> yeah. um, no, but but in all seriousness, yes, we did start right after when we were quarantined. And we, we started our seven-year derby trail, I think, back then. Yes, exactly. We started the derby trail. We've done a lot of things. We've met a lot of people. I would like to uh, start by saying thank you to Sarah Marie and AJ Ryder for being along for this ride because these guys knew nothing before. And they've learned a lot. And we've had a lot of fun. And we met a lot of great people this year. We have to admit, one thing in 2020 was that. And we're going to go into that. So thank you guys for that. Obviously, I mean... By next year, I'll probably hate you both more than I already do. But feelings mutual, you know that, right? You're you're behind the curve there. I know yeah. you're well, just now see, joining I'm the nice bandwagon on this whole. Thing. I'm the captain of the train. I brought AJ on a little bit ago. Okay, well, yeah, I don't. I actually think AJ hated me before you, but that's uh, ooh, I don't know. I've known you longer. That's true. That's a tough call, there. which by default means she probably hated you more than longer. For <laughs> this is true. Uh, but anyway, but in all seriousness, uh, 2020. Triple Clowns was created, and we've done some really cool things, I think, and you guys have come a long way, like I said, and I appreciate that in all seriousness, and it's nice that I gave you guys a compliment, and you just yeah, really that's, that's how we work. I, yeah, you're, you're fishing for one, and you're not. I wasn't. I, I was that's being, how it works. I was being nice. Have you met us? Come on now, you yeah, know how this unfortunately, works. Randy's really in the holiday spirit where he's like trying to like, you know, I know. together. He's like, and and trying to, I was trying to, Sarah just like, let's get this shit yeah, over Yeah, yeah. I was trying to thank you guys and you just punch me in the face. Well, thanks okay. to you for dragging us along your horse racing journey and I don't know. Dragging you along. Right, thanks right, for teaching right. me this sport that's cost me thousands of dollars. <laughs> and well, now he's a degenerate <laughs> that plays Funner Park on a Monday. Uh, there. Yes. Yeah, so let's go right into our 2020 recap. Let's talk about it for everybody out there that's watched our show. Thank you. Um, and we we appreciate you. And these are some highlights we, that we've got we've done a lot. We've talked to a lot of people, and we couldn't include everybody in these highlights. No. How many episodes have we done? That would be a I long wrap-up. It would be terribly wrong. Long. Uh, wrong as wrong. well. Uh, but in all seriousness, so, so we're going to go over some of our, and if you're a new listener, you know, hit that like, subscribe, and all those other good things to follow us and, and watch these interviews. Yeah, Even if you're an old person, yeah. that's not old person, an old viewer that's- An been, old fan of ours. That has- um, Watch you, just couldn't, you just couldn't get that one off, could you? I couldn't. I still, he's he's still, struggling still, today. He still, still can't still, figure out a word for it. It's the end of 2020. Mumb- he's, he's not, he might not even make if you're, it Even if you're already a fan, go back and watch some of these great videos that we've had. There you go. Thank you. Thank you for that sound clip, AJ. Um, but let's let's talk about him. So let's go over our best moments. I know we, we have some out there. Um, I'm going to start. You start? What, what I'm going to start with... One of my favorite moments of 2020 is obviously going to be when we started, when we got AJ Ryder aboard. Yeah. I just found out that was actually like three, three episodes, episodes in. Because he was a little too scared to join one and two. Yeah. I think. Well, I was busy. Kind of like that. So, anyway, let's check that out. <laughs> 
Let's welcome to the show our third and definitely the biggest clown of the bunch to make the triple clowns, AJ Ryder. Thanks for joining us finally. Finally, I'm here. I, and I'm excited about this. You know, there's no sports going on in the world. I mean, horse racing and what, NASCAR is the only thing left. And here we are because I have nothing better to do with my life. Okay, so that was AJ coming on. AJ has learned a lot and lost a lot of money since then. Uh, You're welcome. Yes, and, and that was that was great because I mean you can hear how we were. Oh God! And I don't like looking idiots. back. Yeah. Well, like, no, look, look at how production. Yeah, you did have a mullet. I, I, mean, was, I had one then. I was growing. I was up, not quite. I haven't quite yet earned the title of Mrs. Big News. And, that was um, terribly uncomfortable. Also, I believe in that episode, my top five derby picks were based off of Batman winners, and they were. It was like if Candy Tycoon was in there, and yep, on the yeah. Sugar High, and then we go from that, and then the seven long year long derby trail where we got to ride, watch like the the uh, the story of authentic. I fell in love with a certain filly, and it's been it's been a, it's been a really crazy. To see that compared to now, it's pretty nuts to think about where it, we're going. It, it actually really is the evolution of AJ Ryder as a degenerate horse racing player and, yeah. and really got into it. Like, and all of a sudden he's screaming about times to us at this point. The guy who said Secretariat didn't win the Just, Kentucky Derby. He screams to our fans back to back or in our know, guests because Secretariat was dead. That's why he didn't win back to back derby. I can't believe that. Now didn't he's screaming to us about time form and quarters and, and how they came home. It, it's pretty amazing. So anybody out there that actually thinks, oh, I can't get into this. This is too much. Yeah. Just just watch from here to now. and you, you'll Watch be- that first episode and, and realize that a couple of months later, he called the Kentucky Derby winner at eight to one. He just did. Say. This is a true story. Yeah, true. As did myself. Sarah didn't, but that's okay. All right. I we'll go into that a little bit later. So, AJ, uh, what about you? What was a memorable moment for you in 2020, one of our interviews? Well, I think one of the, one of the ones that stands out to me that I wasn't, I guess, directly involved in is when we had a, I don't know, I guess would you call him a, a former colleague of mine? I guess we, I guess we did. Uh, we I know did, where you're uh, going. I did. I guess we did compete in this sport at, at separate uh, times, but um, I think one of the big months was um, Todd Shrupp coming in and giving us the lowdown on his epic showdown with Jerry, the King Lawler. And not only, you know, breaking kayfabe and, and giving us the, the insights of that whole that whole ordeal that no one had ever heard before. That was record-breaking stuff. So let's check let's check that out. All right. So we went from this. I'm in a limo. I'm like all excited to now like, oh my gosh, I'm in I'm in such trouble here. So about ten minutes later, somebody came down and said, Jerry the King Lawler is up in the dining room and he'd like to meet you. I said, okay. So I walk up there. He steps away from the table. He is the nicest guy I've ever met. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm only doing this because of AJ. AJ said I could. There are secrets to the trade, and I've only told this story in private. I've never told it in any type of setting like this for the masses to hear. So he steps away from the table, nicest guy on the planet. And he goes, here's how it's going to go. You're going to have a partner, and that partner is going to abandon you late in the match. And... I'm going to, now it's just you and I in the ring, I'm going to kick you in the stomach. Like, okay. You're going to bend over. You're going to take your head. You're going to tuck it up under my legs. I'm going to lift you vertical. And when we drop down, that's the pile driver. Like, okay. And your head will hit my legs, so it won't hit the ring. I'm like, okay. And then you'll be laid out. I'm like, Okay, I think it still sounds pretty athletic beyond what I'm capable of. He goes, well, let's try it. I'm like, what do you mean, let's try it? He's like, well, here, tuck your head up under my legs. So we're standing next to his dining table. I tuck my head under his legs. He lifts me. He lifts me up. He gets, like, my feet six six inches off the ground, and he goes, how much do you weigh? <laughs> like, I weigh 240. He's like, okay, let's try it again. He gets me halfway this time. So he's got my waist up. He's like, all right, I think we can do it. What do you, we think we can do it. Like, okay, I guess this is how it's going to go. So that was the last I see him. So I've never wrestled in my life. Don't know the, the, choreograph, the, the uh, choreography of it. 
So they probably have, I'd say 300 people there. They love Jerry the King. I walk in, I'm wearing a bathrobe, I'm wearing a fishing hat, I'm holding up a regular belt as my championship belt. I selected my music. Um, I, I chose um, Thunder by ACDC because of that line. We went to Texas. Yeah, Texas. We had some fun. So here we are, Sammy East Park, Texas. And I'm like, this is pretty cool. And everybody hated me. There wasn't one yeah. person who's like, all right, Tom from TVG. Like, now I might actually have 30% of the crowd might be in my favor. But nobody knew who I – like, they just wanted to see a guy – be pile driven by Jerry the King. <laughs> that was good with Todd telling us that he got pile driven in a restaurant. And yeah. we, we met Todd before. We, we did. Had, and I, I, he's a big man. Yeah. He's not a small guy. He's tall. He's very tall. He's tall it kind of changes the whole story for me after it's I met like him. Six, four, six, five, and him yeah. getting pile drive in a restaurant by Jerry the King, which is funny because I feel like that would be the greatest part of the story. And we heard it here. On triple cloud. Well, um, let's let's be honest. I, I think you know that was the first time he ever you know got exposed to that business and the way he handled himself and the way everything went. I mean, if he wasn't on TVG, the dude's got a career in wrestling. I'm just saying. His promos he did for that I thought were fantastic. Let's go to that promo right like- now. Okay, Lawler, it's on. But answer me this: Can you handle it? And that oh, is. That Dude's is the guy skills, you man. watch with a suit on. Yeah. <laughs> on TV. Talking horses. Come on, Todd. Great guy. We know Todd, the real Todd it. now. We yeah. know. We got it. We got it. We love you, Todd. All right, let's move on. Well, one of my favorite moments this year, I just have three words for Randy. Playa. Playa. <laughs> Playa. I know where she's going with this one. Ah, Ken Rudolph, <laughs> giving it to you. I love that. Randy's trying to talk music, asking him questions. Randy has no idea about music. Well, what do you mean I have no idea about music? Oh, really? Should we play the clip? What? Yeah. Player. Wait a minute, player. When you were player. Playing. There's a thing called Google. Are you telling me you didn't Google to find out the names of the bands that I'm in and the songs that I have written? Are you, are you serious, man? Uh, no, I, I saw them. I just don't know how to word it right. That's what I'm saying. I, I was the one who listened to it. I heard it. I just... I, just... I am about to motherfucker you. Sit down. <laughs> this microphone. All right, oh, so remember that time you bet Giacomo? Uh, is it <laughs> <laughs> no, no, man, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome, man. Okay, see, I think I knew about music. I was trying to make conversation there. Yeah. You and tried to make a conversation when he distinctly told you not to go there. You know what? You know what's then he actually followed really it up funny? with another question. Ken Rudolph and I have on going back and forth with um, best rap album fights now <laughs> yeah, and everything. Sure. So, and I, I totally think when he said the Chronic was better than Tribe Called Quest, Low End Theory, I think I won that battle. So anyway, but Ken always ready. Always, yeah. and I well, that it. whole first interview, there's a lot of gems in there. One that we've talked about on our show many times. Many times. Um, that you can find in there, too. So if you haven't have already watched that, watch that. Because, yeah. I feel like that's it the Easter right egg of this. I feel like yeah. that's the yes. one we want to talk about, but we're not going to. You're going to no. have to go back to the Ken Rudolph interview and find out what the Easter egg is and tell us. Because Let us know in the comments below if you if found you it. If you listen to the interview, you found it. It sticks out like a sore thumb. <laughs> so if you miss it, you didn't watch it. So All right. Okay, so um, I'm going to go with a funny moment that that I think was just funny and nothing to do with horse racing at all. And kind was, of, sort of. No, we thought it might be horse racing. And this is AJ when he went out into a tornado and ran around. One of my favorite moments of the year because I kind of hoped he got sucked up and went to Oz. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so let's check that out. Sucked up maybe in the tornado. Maybe this. Yeah, maybe oh, oh, he's okay. He's going to go. <laughs> no, Holy go. shit! It's a good idea. Go outside oh, yeah, during the tor- tornado. That's go out. <laughs> Please run towards it. What are they going to do with the horses? Go jump on a horse and run around. <laughs> is what is funny. he doing? We can't hear. Is, is, the, is he riding a horse? Is he riding a horse right now? AJ Ryder <laughs> Watch him die. He's gonna be on um the horse. That horse. What the? F- 
what were you doing out there? You okay? I wanted to see how windy it was. It's pretty windy. Don't ever question my commitment to this show. As I sat there in the faces of danger, put my life on the line to do our show. I just want to say that right there. Thank you, AJ. I love your commitment. Yeah. I don't think anybody asked you to do that, but no? that's okay. Um, I, I appreciate you taking us on that journey. Can you imagine when there's not COVID going on, how the show's going to go? <laughs> yeah. Fate uh, rarely calls upon us at the moment of our choosing. And right then and there, you know, I had to make a decision. Am I going to, am I going to brave this out and, and, you know, nut up or shut up at that point in time is what it was like. And you know what? Like authentic at the Derby and the Breeders' Cup, man, just came through strong. Yes. Nicely put. <laughs> yes. Yes, you did. All right. Oh, my God. On from that one. Ah. Another great moment. AJ, what do you think? All right. I got one. Um, so this one, this one was recently. This one was during our 12 match races of Christmas segment. And this was a, a friend of our show, Mark Patterson, came on. And uh, had told us prior to he was going to take Sarah as his opponent. And wow. <laughs> for reasons that I still don't quite understand, he decided that uh, he was going to take me instead. But what made this moment special to me was if you watch it all the way to the very end, the moment when Mark Patterson looks at me after a very heated debate, very heated debate, like in Queen's Gambit, the old Russian guy reaching his hand across the table to, to the whatever the girl's name is, Anna Taylor-Joy, and saying, draw. And he knew that I was his equal. A little searching for Bobby Fisher as well. He said well. that was our uh, yeah. Merry Christmas. All right, let's check, that. let's check that out when Mark calls out AJ. Are, are you looking ready to go, man? Let's, let's get it on. <laughs> no, I'm trying to make this. You have already infuriated me. I am. <laughs> I was trying to make this as actually I'm I'm the more mile of a quarter arguer, but you know, yeah. I I, I was trying to make this as even of a match. That's why I wanted to see catch the viewers up before we started. AJ was talking smack about coming to West Virginia to engage in some kind of a tough man contest. AJ, I got your tough man right here. (laughs) Come on over to me. Step to me. Step to me. You might have put in the censored version there. I think it's safer uh, for our audience for the censored. When have we ever censored anything on here? Well, I mean, I, I well, I guess, I guess the this episode version. was a was a fun to edit. Needless to say, because well, you guys did not stop. I'm putting that on Mark, though. I'm well, gonna put on both of you. Yeah, okay, you can blame Mark yeah. all you want, but that was great calling out AJ. Yeah, that was fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I still am a little disappointed he didn't pick me because I was ready, but you know what. That's pretty good. That was pretty good. Hey, you want to be the man, you got to beat the man. There you go. AJ taking on the king of the mountain. Speaking of call-outs, I feel like Sarah's chomping at the bit for this one, one of her favorites. Yeah, I I want to bring up the one where Sarge is telling us his story working with Gary Stevens and how many times Gary Stevens went up to Sarge and said, let's take a walk. Let's take a walk. That was one of the greatest moments, greatest stories. Here's Gary Stevens, Hall of Fame jockey. And Sarge. Sarge is another one I met, and he is very tall. He's a big man. Sarge is a big man. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. And here's Gary Stevens. No fear. No fear at all. Let's take a walk, Sarge. And uh, a couple times. A couple times. Like throughout the years of their careers together. That was a great story by Sarge. Let's check it out. I must have let out some expletives that just weren't appropriate. Horse <laughs> got beat. Um, I went down and asked Gary, and he said, you know, horse didn't, he didn't feel right. Okay. Well, about five weeks later, there was an Outback Steakhouse in Arcadia. Gary Stevens sitting at the bar, right? So I walk in. I'm with a friend of mine. And uh, I'm like, hey, Gary, how you doing? You know, Gary's my, my guy, right? I mean, we're... We're cool, right? I said, hey, Gary, how you doing? Takes a sip of his beer, puts it down on the table. And I'm like, Jesus. He goes, you got a minute? I'm like, sure. So is everything okay? And he goes, let's take a walk. <laughs> we walk, I swear to you, we walk into the bathroom. 
He goes, listen to me. And he he had a couple of he had a couple of drinks. He said, listen to me. And he, he like looked up at me and he, he pointed his finger at me and he didn't touch me. He said, listen to me, man. He goes, I rode that horse for you a little over a month ago. and I rode my ass off for you. But he goes, I had a couple of friends that were watching that race with you and heard the things you said about me. <laughs> oh. I, I mean, at that point, I'm like, do you believe him? He goes, they're my friends. I'm like, look, man. He goes, listen. He goes, I have a ride for you. You know I'm going to give you 100%. I don't need to hear any bullshit. If the horse isn't right, he isn't right. And you know damn well that horse was bleep, 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 bleep. And I'm like, with all due respect, that horse was not that bad. But he goes, just don't do it again. That was that. <laughs> so what would you guys think if you saw Gary Stevens and Sarge walking to the bathroom? You're in that restaurant. You're in the bar watching this go down. Are you think- I'm, I'm thinking like, oh, God. I think they're this they're is, gonna have to go to the bathroom. I think they gotta know. piss. You know? Well, guys don't usually go in herds, so it'd be a little. Yeah, that that's a female thing. That could be same time. I'm like, what, thing. Sarge? What did you do now? Well, yeah, but I don't think they have a bad relationship. No, no, I don't so think it's, it's two a bad times over like twenty years. It's just funny. It's that, just funny, and it's a funny but, visual. But when you think about it, Gary Stevens, I mean, and most of these jockeys, but especially Gary Stevens, who's the, like the bionic man. I was gonna say we should put he's it got, the bionic like, man and Sarge. A, like, how would you be? Like, he's a. How could you be afraid of anything if you're Gary Stevens? Correct. I don't think he was the one that was afraid. I think Sarge would have been well, no, I know. Might have been afraid. afraid. Yeah, why wouldn't he be like, hey, let's take a walk? And he goes into the bathroom. I mean, I, I, I guess like, I'm going to get jumped. Sarge is going to get jumped. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I would have to go in there and protect Sarge from Gary Stevens at that point. <laughs> yeah, I uh, think but, so too. No, but it, but it was. At that point, I'm just taking bets with people at the bar and who comes back. <laughs> well, right? well, you know, and two passionate people about the sport, you know, that's that's really kind of kind of really funny um obviously we had gary on and and he's a great guy but gary's not afraid of uh no mixing it up no he's not sarge isn't afraid of mixing it up as well so that's it's kind of funny though uh gary stevens let's walk let's take a walk let's take a walk yeah all right so i know we have a million of them i well i think we should honor an individual right now because this guy was a honorary clown for the better part of this year and uh he showed up in a pool on an on occasion <laughs> uh a whole bunch of different venues to be honest he got a little heat he got in a great argument with sarah <laughs> gave her the you know i got two words for you <laughs> you know just dropping knowledge and suck it signs i think ryan dickey i think deserves to be honored here so yeah let's show a couple yeah. clips of ryan dickey Right now, I agree. Our next guest on the Triple Clowns Kentucky Derby Show, and the best guest we're going to have all day from Timeform US, everybody's favorite figure maker, Craig Craig Milkowski. <laughs> everybody's favorite, the best yes. figure maker. And best. Hey guys, uh, happy to be here. Uh, As you can see, with the suit, look at him, look at him, straight Our pimping. Honorary clown in the pimp suit, Ryan right. Dickey, the sharp dressed man. The ZZ Top beard going and everything. Love it. Welcome, Ryan. It's, it's my my COVID beard. I, I I'm I'm a fan of the COVID beard. It was itchy for a while, but now it's now it's coming in. <laughs> yeah, long. once you get past a certain point, I feel like it just yeah. becomes a part of you. Well, I mean this might this might be a this might be a long term decision right here. here to say. <laughs> yeah, it like should it. be okay. So judgment is in. AJ and I went back and forth, and as you can see, Sarah's giving me a dirty look right now. So she's obviously heard our judgment, which is with Silver Charm. Losers, we're what? going with Suck Silver it, Charm catching, <laughs> catching. Uh, so winning colors at the wire. I would have to say that is probably the nicest way to say suck it to somebody because he's so like a, a beat about it yeah suck but the it, intent Sarah. behind it the, the intent oh, behind it was so just you know savage. ryan dickie yeah. deep down is just a loathing angry, angry. <laughs> lovely piece of shit i can't angry picture guy. this <laughs> i can't picture this at all no i don't think ryan's like that no but um no that was right ryan always coming through jumping in the pool um i wonder if Craig Mokowski was uncomfortable during that because I, I have nightmares. Well, he that. came back on later, so that's true. I'm not going to say he liked it, but 
<laughs> he was okay with it. Craig did say, I will not come back on unless Ryan is not on the show. Yeah. Especially after the Christmas card we sent Craig. I'm going to go with one, guys, right now that um, I remember, if I remember correctly, and I believe I do, and he's been great on the show and he's got a ton of them. But I'm going to go with one that is a little more uh, emotional. And when Vic Stauffer talks about his earthquake call, I'm bringing everybody down a little bit here in a sense, because we're being all funny and happy. But this was a very special thing, I believe, uh, Vic's earthquake call when he talks about his father and everything. I I think this was a very emotional moment and also one of the greatest calls of all time, I believe. And it was Vic Stauffer's earthquake call. Vic, what was going on with that earthquake call? How were you feeling then? That was a wild day. Um, they turned into the backstretch. And to give you a little bit of perspective, the, the announcer's booth at Hollywood Park was one of the best that I ever have been lucky enough to work in, in that it's on top of the roof. It was on top of the roof. A freestanding booth all of its own. It wasn't connected to any other part of the press box. And nobody could sneak up on you because they would have to walk all the way across the roof on this catwalk where you could hear them coming. But Hollywood Park was also a 75-year-old racetrack. At that time, it was like 65 years old. And so you would feel tremors all the time. Uh, and if the wind blew hard, the roof would shake. So, so I knew very early on, even before you could see it on camera, that we were having an earthquake. I knew it was coming. And I thought, uh, to be very honest with you, I thought I was going down with a ship because it was 4.9 out in Indio or whatever uh, Richter scale, but it felt like 8.9 at Hollywood Park. Wow. And, and so I'll give you a little insight of something that not a lot of people know about that race call. When they go into the far turn, earlier that season, actually on opening night of that season, I lost my father. And, and so I'm, gonna, I'm getting a little choked up now, but so when they went, when, when they were going into the far turn and I truly believed that, that that was it for me, my dad came into my mind. And so when I say in that race call, I just want you to know that I love you all and horse racing was my first love. That was sort of edited on the fly because I thought about saying something to my father. And I realized while I was saying that, that if I died, this was going to be the greatest race call ever. But if I didn't die, it was going to come across pretty schmaltzy. So, so I figured, let's go with the percentages. I'm not going to die. And so instead of saying, Dad, I love you and I miss you and I'm coming to join you, I switched it and I said, I want you people to know that I love you all and horse racing was my first love. And we are in the midst of an earthquake here in Southern California as Lady Lacane goes past the half-mile pole, and Lady Lacane is the leader. Two and a half lengths further back. By the way, folks, I want you to know I loved you all, and horse racing was my first love. That's, that's sort of an inside story about the earthquake call. Pleasant Thunder alongside these two come to the wire in a shaker! Yeah, that was a great call. And, and you wonder when he was like, in a shaker, when is that process in your head, do you guys think? And we should have probably asked him that. Like, are they coming down the stretch and he's thinking about that? Or is that like straight up off the rip? I believe Vic Stopper, and we've, we, we could probably show five clips proving that he is an improv magician. Uh, well, that whole the whole time we had him on the show, and, and even after too, was he's always been an awesome to be on. And then, but just the mindset of when that was going on, just like I remember when he was telling it was just like what a what a badass. Like <laughs> yeah. you're going down like, like that, and then you're for me. I'm going like, down. You know this is my this is my swan song here, so it's gonna be awesome. Yeah, like having that kind of like all go through your head at that same time. Because if Vic's what gonna go out, he's gonna go out in the middle yeah. of calling a race. What? A, how awesome was that? But I, I we do have to comment. I know we we brought this up a couple times when he said on his final call for Hollywood that some people have said that wasn't the great a great call and that he missed 
miss like capturing the race. And the more and more you watch it, the more I think it's such BS for those people to be saying. I think it's the most beautiful way to close out the history of a track. Well, if, also, you're, if you're questioning Vic Stoffer, I think you're the one with problems. That is true. Well, and, that is and true. I also think it's, it's one of those things where everybody has to realize where everybody learns in anything like hospitality wise, just say, mm-hmm. um, kind of like when you perform, when somebody has a bad experience, they remember for seven years, somebody has a good experience, they remember it for seven weeks. It's kind of like that where you hear the people saying, oh, that sucked. And it was probably three people, yeah, four people, whatever it was compared to thousands that didn't. But that's the thing that people need to realize. These people that are doing it, put it on the line. They hear those more. Um, so I, I don't believe that most people, I know it hurt him and he saw those things, but yeah, I can't so imagine. Much, like, his passion into that, making sure that like that final call was going to be epic. And I think he I can't imagine that. I mean, I, I didn't know what, what else would people would, would have expected. I mean, yeah, know, I, that's I, a I, lot to it's a lot to ask somebody too, just on top of all that. Exactly. Yeah, it's the last race at Hollywood Park, and I do wonder. And there's not like there's a blueprint for him to to, to go about doing that either. Yeah, you know I mean? like that's all that's all like you know choices you have to make. And, and I, but I do wonder if Vic was wearing his lip gloss during that call. Mm. This is true. So we've had a few jockeys on our show. And one of, the, one of the first jockeys we had, his story still like kind of chokes you up a little bit. His his passion and the fact that he just gives out his phone number for and help on anything when it comes to addiction. addiction. But that is Gerard Melanson when we had him on our show. What a incredible story. And someone who just kept fighting when the system just seemed to be fighting against him. Yeah, he had some great stories, and he was the first jockey I believe we had on. I think that is true. He was the first jockey we had on, um, and yeah, what an amazing guy! And uh, his story was pretty incredible. Um, almost yeah. so long ago, it feels it's it's it should be brought up again. And if you haven't heard that story, it's a good pick me up story. So if you're you're kind of feeling down in the dumps, it just you can just, I guess for a really cheesy thing to say, he took lemons and made lemonade out of his life and with his wife staying by his side the whole time. And now I think he's 50 wins away from hitting 5,000. 43. 43 now. 43 what? So let's check that out. The racing commission, when they have somebody with a drug problem, they contact me and stuff. And like somebody has got a second bad test, they get six months suspended uh, you know, they, they contact me to get in touch with them and, you know, help them find the right path. And I'm always willing to do that, you know. That's great. Because when yeah, I help somebody, awesome. it helps me. It gives me gratitude, you know. Yes, and, exactly. Uh, that, yeah. That's wonderful. That's great. Yeah, that's amazing. Is there is there anything, is there, is there something out there they can go to? Do you have something or anything? Oh, yeah, we have we have a, two, we have a counselor twice a week on the, on the back, back side. And, uh, He's actually become a personal friend of mine, and and uh, we'll we'll get him involved in that. You know, the, the guys that are getting bad tests or the guys that want to get help. You know, it, it's free. The racetrack pays for it, and uh, I mean it, it's it's free, which is a big plus because you know rehabs are high, and I got access to a couple of rehabs in Louisiana that's uh, that's uh, state funded, so. Most of the guys that decide they want to get help are broke, like I was. You know, they can't afford. You know, their their life's in shambles, and uh, we get them we get them started if that's what they want. You know, with you know rehabs for people that need it, not for people that that for people that want it, not for people that need it. That's you know, exactly, yeah. Because yeah. if you don't want it, you know, if you don't want it, you ain't gonna get it. So pretty much, you pretty much have to be at the bottom of the barrel to. Uh, uh, be successful in rehab i find okay so anybody that wants to get a hold of that if anybody's listening a jockey or somebody in the industry or i guess anybody um where can we tell them to can we just tell them to get a hold of you on like twitter or something or do they have a website yeah absolutely absolutely i got a twitter got my phone number everybody got my phone number well what do you say after that incredible story incredible guy i mean yeah just especially you know, when you go back and listen to the whole, the whole thing, it's 
the way he was, you know, blackballed out of Kentucky and just for so long. I can't for a long time. Yeah. And still, you know, I think a lot of people look to be like, well, what do I do here now? Do I try something else? But now, dude, just knew you wanted to be a jockey. And now it's kind of neat. He gets to race with his son and sometimes race against his son. Um, But what a bit. Yeah. Yeah, I know it was. Yeah. Incredible guy. Um, You just see that he's happy, sober, living life and good for him. Good for him. So, yes, if you guys have um, any issues uh, with sobriety, definitely reach out to Gerard. He's an open book and and encourages people to reach out to him if you're struggling with anything. Well, I think maybe the biggest moment for us, you know, as much as we've been handicapping, especially for me personally, because this was a big, uh, this was a big deal for me when this happened was kind of the coronation of the triple clowns as like legit cappers when the entire world was picking tis the law and, and whoever else was in, in the Kentucky Derby, but myself, and then, you know, Randy did too, Sarah didn't, um, you know, putting our, putting our belief on the line that we had at the beginning of the year and saying, Authentic's our guy. We're not concerned about the distance. This is his race. And, you know, when he stuck it to Tis Law in that Kentucky Derby, man, that was huge. But it was so satisfying uh, you know, after when we called that race. And especially the way, you know, I, I cut it up and I, and I watch it at least a couple times a day. I don't know if it's a clip will <laughs> show, but, but you know, uh, calling the race is how we did. I think that was, uh, that was huge for us, I think, this year. No, it was. And if everybody remembers correctly, it was my first pick in our draft was authentic back in the day. And AJ can say he could have had a pick. He would have picked him too. So I can't say that because I picked before him. Sarah did pick tis the law. Uh, But even beyond that, it was, it was cool. And if anybody wants to go back to it, um, when we had uh, people such as like Joe Moran on Mm -hmm. and he gave us the uh, smooch story with the earplugs in the air. And that's why everybody was off of him. So if everybody listened to the triple clowns at that point, you would have we, a had, we actually had that broken down that the horse was getting smooched with earplugs in. And we knew that straight from Bob Baffert, by the way, we heard this story and it was right. It yeah. wasn't some made up story, apparently, because he looked pretty good after that. And yeah, that was great. So let's check out that clip of us picking the Kentucky Derby winner. Now, the big one to me, and we'll talk about it with all our guests, and we're going to talk about it, you know. I'm not just wearing this hat because my racehorse was kind enough to send it to me. I honestly think Authentic has been – Authentic and Nadal were my number ones back when we first started this whole thing seven years ago. And Authentic, to me, has done nothing wrong. As opposed to Tizalaw, who's just beaten, I don't know, subpar fields – and yeah, he's looked really great in perfect trips. But again, this is the Derby. There's 18 horses. I don't think he's going to get that perfect trip. Authentic, however, is just, I think there's another gear there we have yet to see. And again, maturity is the big thing we've been waiting for. And I think if you listen to the connections that we were going to talk to today, maturity is all he's gotten. Coming down the stretch, San Felipe tried to pull towards the carving station. Beat Honor AP that day, by the way, just throwing that out there. Mm-hmm. Tried to pull core of the carving station, hardly ran. Haskell, earplugs in. I mean, when you watch Authentic come down the stretch against New York traffic or NY traffic, NY traffic, whatever you want to call him, <laughs> um, that ho- he didn't even look like he was running. I mean, that was not a horse coming down the stretch. That horse was a, he was he looked like he was already in his gallop out. I think there's another gear to Authentic that we have yet to see. I think. The more time we get, I think this Derby now being in September only helps him, and I think he gets the lead, he holds on, and he never looks back. I think Johnny V is the perfect person to be on him. I think this is the trip and the horse that we've been waiting to see for a long time. I think Authentic wins. And Authentic, I mean, let's just think, and I know I'll get killed about saying this, but once again, if there's horses like uh, Arrogate, that if, if the Derby was in September, what kind of a different horse he was. I mean, yeah. Authentic, obviously a little showier at four to five. I mean, four out of five. It's a little showier, but who knows if he all, all of a sudden isn't that horse. We all know what Arrogate did when he 
broke dead last in the uh, the Saudi Derby in Dubai. Dubai. Um, broke dead last, was supposed to go to the lead, kind of like that. Not saying he was ever short, as, as what they say, authentic, and came from behind. I think authentic could be that special horse that Arrogate maybe is, but we'll see. Because, or he's going to be a straight miler. <laughs> and that's it. And yeah, then, like, it's going to be like one of those yeah. things. He's either going to be like right on board with with being like, okay, he's got a shot at the classic. And those were our top moments, I guess, that we remember. Uh, because we've had so many, honestly, I mean, I'm, I'm being serious. We've done a lot. We, we've had so much fun. So, and it's- it's been an honor to to have all these guests. Some of these guests you have been following since I don't know start of TVG. Yeah, it, it was great to have everybody on. Um, we could do so many of these takes for everybody. These are the top whatever we've come up with. It's definitely been an honor to have everybody. Everybody on our show. from you know the guys at Twin Spires to Brisnet to Timeform to I mean we've had Naira, everybody. It's it's been great. And we could do this for 10 hours uh, Mm -hmm. of our cuts of of these people. And we appreciate all of them. Uh, And those are our top moments. So before we go, though, let's let's talk about horses that made an impact on us. Let's do our top five, which we talked about a little bit. Uh, But let's let's do that. The top five horses this year that we just think should be talked about for what they did. Uh, AJ, you want to start this? Well, if we're going number one, I think there's no doubt here, you know, the horse of the year this year, authentic. Um, the From the Haskell to the Kentucky Derby, you know, we, he lost at the, the Santa Anita Derby, Honor AP, came back, uh, won the Haskell, shocked everybody at the Derby, you know, dipped at the Preakness, and then again, he was kind of written off at the Breeders' Cup Classic, and, and what did he do? He came back the same way he did, you know, when we watched him uh, at Churchill and, and and did the same thing again. And like, why would we be surprised? But Authentic's got to be the the undeniable number one. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. The, the fourth case. horse in history to win the Derby and the Breeders' Cup Classic in the same year. Yeah, and um, the head case three-year-old that we watched bounce off a <laughs> bounce rail. Off the I've rail. talked about Go it. Go to the carving times. station, and then somehow wins the Derby in the Classic. Uh, hence why, hence why we relate to this horse so much. Yeah, because he's just not right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely, I agree. Now 100%. that he's retired, we should see if he wants to be on our show. Authentic. That was an easy one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll go to one that I feel like is incredibly underrated, and I'm going to talk about Bonamoy Girl. I think Monomoy Girl coming back after missing a year, coming back, winning the distance in 2018 and this year in 2020. And we don't, I mean, people aren't talking about the fact of if she has a really good season this season, which she's going to run, and maybe she runs it next year. We're talking her record isn't that far off Zenyatta's, Mm -hmm. which I know everybody's going to get mad about this one. Boy, better is. competition i believe she's had and if she could come her. back and possibly do you think this horse could go to the classic and possibly go why not why not dominate the distaff i mean she buried swiss skydiver i mean that was just you know we're talking about a wonder horse that really nobody talks about and i'm gonna go with that with monomite girl coming back i don't know if they have a comeback horse of the year but how would this horse not win it um you know, I, I, I mean, I know she's going to win the other Eclipse Awards, but there should be a comeback horse of the year, and this horse should get it. I, yeah. I just think Monomoy Girl, that's that's one for me. I think it's a definite comeback horse. Well, another horse I thought was a very interesting and intriguing horse to watch this year was Whitmore. Mm. And kind of, we got a shout out to Big Gary on Whitmore because of his call for the Breeders' Cup Sprint this year. Whitmore is going to be my top pick. Uh, his last race uh, was just a prep race at the Phoenix at Keeneland. And he finished third last year in a sprint behind Matoli and Chancellor. And those two horses, as far as I'm concerned, are better than anything in this race. And the fact that he ran third against them last year, I think he's got a real big shot. He worked 46-4 and four at Churchill last week. 
So he's razor sharp right now, and I think he's sitting on a big race. I mean, this is the fourth, I think the fourth year in a row he's, he's been in the spring. So I think he's finally going to break through, and he's certainly going to be a price. But he, like, he likes the track, there's no doubt about it. And you, I think if you watch his last race, you can see that, you know, and I think the trainer said it was, you know, pretty much of a prep for him. So I'm, I'm looking forward to him running really big. Probably from a, you know, I'm, I'm guessing it'll probably be three or four lengths off the lead and then make a big, a big run. And Jasper Prince is joined on the outside by Empire of Gold, who takes the lead as they arrive into the final furlong. Empire of Gold, here's Whitmore running after him on the outside. Whitmore has taken the lead. CZ Rocket on the outside up into second lane, but the old man's going to do it. It's Whitmore in the Breeders' Cup Sprint. He's had uh, six starts this year, and he's hit the board four out of those six starts. That's really impressive for a seven-year-old horse. Well, the way he won the Breeders' Cup Sprint was oh yeah, there was nobody in the world that was beating him. No, that day, I mean, he exploded coming uh, like that was like he got shot out of a cannon, and that wasn't a weak sprint field. I mean, that was one of the most impressive. I think uh, Vic told us said that one of the yep. most impressive. Breeders' Cup sprints he's ever seen. All right. Uh, AJ, what about you? Another horse? Well, rolling in at number four. Now, obviously, there's another filly in this three-year-old crop that I would have preferred to have had in this conversation. But let's give credit where credit is due. Because I do think think, um, the year Swiss Skydiver had, um, starting from you know, not only winning the San Diego Oaks, but then going to the Bluegrass and giving Art Collector a, a run for his money. Who At one time, Art Collector was one of the hottest horses in the country. Oh, yeah. And, and it's right at that time, when, especially when he won the Bluegrass and, and she came in second, moved on to, uh, you know, the, the Kentucky Oaks, where she just ran into a She Dares the Devil who ran outside of her mind that day, setting, you know, the the oaks record and she just managed to finish second but not by far so you could look at those two races and think like well it's a good year tough year but then after you know all that happened coming into the preakness and authentic coming off of his derby win and then just shocking everybody um outside of uh wendy oreo uh shocking everybody and pulling off you know the last Philly to win the Preakness outside of Rachel. I mean, it was just a crazy moment in time. And I, and I think that win alone, you know, plus the Alabama and, and everything else she ran in all the whole year. I think the year she put together was, it deserves to be talked about. And I think deserves to be on the list. Yeah, I, I, I agree. So many different tracks, so many, she ran hard all the time. Sixth Philly to win the she Preakness. Tough, tough Philly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh and 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 yeah, she she was she showed her true true grit. Uh, I'm going to go right on and I know AJ doesn't want me to talk about this horse. Oh boy. But we we have to like you said AJ credit where credit is due. A horse that made his mark. And today we actually learned as we're taping has retired. And that is tis the law. Um I don't know if I'm talking about tis the law so much as just the Country got behind this horse. People got into it. It's a lot of New York pride with this horse. Yeah. Many- and from the beginning, he had a very incredible uh, start to his career, uh, or his three-year-old career here. Yeah, a terrible way to end it, even in the sense of that's fine that you got beat by Authentic. But, you know, Manny Franco again bounced off of him and, and now that he's not even running again so it's kind of like you just, just kind of Manny's pissed like, off Manny Frango where you didn't have to yeah um but uh you know I, I don't think I, I just think he was a, a great three-year-old but I think he ran against a better three-year-old and that's what it is but he did capture the uh hearts and minds of, of a lot of people out there mm-hmm. so I got to give him his due if we're going to go at number five Obviously, Authentic's one, and he's five, just so everybody knows. Um, but I think Tis the Law is definitely has to be talked about when it comes to this uh, conversation. I agree. I agree. He definitely deserves to be in the top five horses that have impacted us this year. 
especially AJ. AJ yeah. grew such a deep, yeah. deep seated Such a fond memories I'll have of this horse. But uh, <laughs> no, you're right. Did crap capture one of the you know jewels of the Triple Crown and won the Travers? I mean, it's hard to argue when you look at you know years from now. You're you're gonna remember that that stretch duel at the Derby with Authentic. And you're gonna remember him, him winning Belmont and him winning the Travers, pretty and impressively. Always getting a perfect trip. So it is what it is, but uh, you're right. I think you know when you look at 2020 horses, it's hard to make a list and leave him off. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah absolutely. So I mean, that's our five. Uh, check it out, everybody, and thank you to everybody out there that watches. If you're just watching now, then watch our other stuff because we have a lot of content out there and we will be coming out with some new stuff not all of it's good just just throwing it out we just gotta forewarn you mostly but there's Uh, a lot of it yeah in in you know you you know you create more and you you hit one we just keep going we actually we actually you can watch the evolution of us we actually get worse throughout (laughs) Crazy. Pretty, People are supposed to be getting better, but the more and more that we do it, it just go down, goes the down the tube. So stay tuned adage. for 2021, where it's just going to get even worse than this. So worse. the age-old adage of "practice makes perfect." We take that and we say, "We Fuck destroy you." Yeah, yeah. we, we no, screw that up. We do. You know how like people like to look at a train wreck? Keep watching, guys. We are the Keep train watching. wreck. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and the conductor is there oh, okay, Ryder. um but um special shout out to everybody that's been involved with us uh thank you and a special shout out to our underground clown jason casa who helps us out behind the scenes yep um i know people don't always know that but he's there he's he's an, another clown of ours pops his head in he's smart he enough to up. not show his face around us mostly so we he miss won't you get jason tomatoes but thrown at him. we get it we get it but no thank you guys <laughs> for coming along our journey and being fans of ours, because if this isn't for you guys, we wouldn't probably be able to do this. So, but hit that subscribe button, let your friends know, help us keep moving and stay tuned for 2021. Like Randy said, we have an, a pretty, pretty intriguing lineup going things. to happen. Yeah. yeah. We're switching it up a little bit. Maybe, maybe. Shit. Yeah. But definitely, we survived 2020. So far. So I know. A couple days left. Well, let's hold our breaths. Look, y'all are gamblers out there, so take a shot here. And, you know, it might be good. It might suck. You never know. So (laughs) tune in and find out. Yes. Well, and Happy New Year's to everybody. Happy New Year. See you later, 2020. Triple Clowns is a production of the team at Big Umbrella. Rate and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Send us your questions at tripleclowns at gmail.com and you may be featured on a future episode. Follow us on social media at Clowns Triple on Twitter and Instagram and follow me, AJ Ryder, at Troy McLean WWE on Twitter. Like and subscribe to our show on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. All right, guys, for AJ Ryder, I'm out of here. See you later, everybody.